Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. We're going straight into our discourse this morning. 25 reasons people lose good jobs and clients and how to keep yours. Um, this is the second part of that discourse. Uh, scripture is still from Isaiah 60 verse 1 to 3. The Bible says, Arise, shine, for your light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. It says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. It says, Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. I thought somebody was going to say amen. There's only one person that caught that word. Hallelujah. God is saying here that no matter how bad things get in the world, you will still be an attraction. You will still be an attraction. There will still be a reason for people to come to you. Because in your life, there will be manifestations. There will be signs. There will be wonders. In the name of Jesus. That's why he said in Job 22 and verse 29. It says, when men are cast down, you shall say, there is a lifting up. How do you know there will be a lifting up? Are you just saying it out of wishful thinking? No, it's because you know the promise of God. It's because you know the God you serve. It's because you know that it's not a man that he shall lie. Neither is he the son of man that he will repent. To repent is to change your mind concerning what you wanted to do. God has nothing to change his mind into. You see, the reason why we change our minds is because we have new information. There is nothing new for God to learn. It's the embodiment of all knowledge. So there is no reason for him to change his mind. And if he has said that you shall be the head and not the tail above only and not beneath he has not changed his mind concerning that promise and that is why i pray for you that in the remaining days of this year that there shall be a lifting for you in your career in your business in your finances in every area of your life there shall be a lifting you know it's one thing to be lifted and you know it is another thing to be lifted and everybody knows it that would be the kind of lifting that you will express this season in the name of Jesus. So why do people lose good jobs and clients? Number one, we said last week, lack of clarity. We said the first reason is because of lack of clarity. Many people are not clear about what they are supposed to be doing in the marketplace. They don't know what they are doing. Um, they don't know what they are supposed to be doing. It is one thing to be efficient. It is another thing to be effective. To be efficient is to be doing um, things right. To be effective is to be doing the right things. And you and I need to understand that in every organization, in every industry, there are things that, you know, uh, um, could be done as it were. But there are things that when those specific things are done, those are the things that move the needle. And you and I, if we want to, you know, keep our jobs, keep our clients, especially in this age of the fourth industrial revolution, right? You must know the things you are supposed to be doing. You must know the things that move the needle in your industry. You must know what your key result areas are. And we said you need to be clear about your strength. You need to be clear about your strength in the sense that are you a creative worker or are you a routine worker? That needs to be clearly stated. And you must learn to abide, scripture tells us, in the calling in which you have been called. You need to abide there. You need to abide there. I remember many years ago hearing about 
the great Billy Graham when he was still alive. You know, Billy Graham was such, you know, an enigma. He was a man like an institution. You know, um, when preachers go to the White House, it's like on their CV, it's a form of testimony. You know, so, 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 and so went to the White House to pray, you know, for the president. But for Billy Graham, presidents visit him. <laughs> you know, at, during his burial, I think it's on YouTube, right? When you watch his burial, it was uh, the way he was buried. It, it was not, you know, a statesman. It was not a military person. But the kind of burial he was giving, you don't give citizens that kind of burial. So it's not a, a usual burial. But when Billy Graham was alive, you see, a couple of, you know, wealthy people came together and they said, you know what? Your name is a strong brand. Even unbelievers, the unsaved one associates with your name. You see, even the Queen Elizabeth counted it a privilege years ago when Billy Graham was going to come to, you know, the UK. She, that she was going to meet Billy Graham, it was a privilege for her. So this was a man of influence. So they came to him and said, you know what? We want to build the university. We don't need you to do anything. We're going to provide the land. We're going to provide the resources. You will just be in charge. That if you have done all this, you can do anything. God can use you in any area. <laughs> Billy Graham said, God has not called me to be, build a university. Wasn't that an opportunity? To have a university named after you without having to spend a dime. But he knew what his work was. He was clear about his assignment. He was clear about his assignment. Billy Graham never focused in his crusades. He never focused on people getting healed. If anybody got healed, maybe it was by the, you know, an unusual thing. In fact, it was unprecedented. Ah, you got healed. Wow. We're not expecting you to get healed. He was only focused on souls. Souls. As long as souls were saved, Billy Graham was okay. He believed that was what God called him to do. So you were now in the market. That's why he was effective. Because he was streamlined. So you need to be clear. You need to be conscious. You need to be aware of what you are supposed to be doing in the marketplace. We said you need to be clear about your strength. You need to be clear about your tax. You need to be clear about your appraisal metrics. Especially those of us, you know, that are employees. Number two, we said you need a blueprint. The second reason why people lose good jobs and clients is because of the absence of a blueprint. The absence of a blueprint. The absence of a blueprint. You must consciously design and create a blueprint from, for your career. But you know one thing I've come to realize is that a planned career is a byproduct of a planned life. Write that down. I didn't say that last week. I never forget it. A planned career or business is a byproduct of a planned life. When your life is planned, it will be easier to plan your business and your career. You see, if you know where you are going, see, your career and business is simply a vehicle, right, for the accomplishment of some overarching goals as it were. There must be certain things that you want to do with your life and you realize that this is the career or the, the business that I need to get involved in that will get me to where I want to get to. So it's like a vehicle. It's like a vehicle. You see, planning your life is one of the most important activities you will ever have to do. If you don't plan 
Right? Like somebody said that those who fail to plan have simply planned to fail. Those who fail to plan have simply planned to fail. We live in a, a, an environment where people do things on impulse. As led by the Spirit in court. But let me tell you this. The one that gave you the Spirit himself is a planner. The Bible says that the Lamb of God was slain from the foundations of the world. So God had the plan that if man fell, what is the plan that we need to put in place to redeem mankind so that man will not be eternally damned? He had the plan. When he told Noah to build himself an ark, because God doesn't need the ark, he told Noah, build yourself an ark. He gave him a plan. He gave him a blueprint. He told him the measurements. He told him the depth, the breadth, the height. He told him the type of wood that must be used in the construction of that ark. When he told Moses to build a tabernacle, he gave him specific instructions. There was a blueprint. There was a blueprint. God would never, you see, the mistake with many of us, especially in this age of Pentecostalism and charismatic whatever, right, is that many of us celebrate so much of vision without getting the blueprint from God. So I have a vision, I have a vision. That's why many visions become delusions. And source of nightmares. God has told you what he wants you to do. But have you received from him the blueprints? If God had told Noah maybe to build with gopher wood. And Noah did not build with gopher wood. If he had built the ark with my organic wood. He would have sunk. Did he obey the instruction? Yes. Actually, no. <laughs> because partial obedience is still disobedience in itself. And for every disobedience, man would always pay for it. That's the same way people pay for their disobedience in the marketplace. I've seen people, you know, who in the name of ideas and intelligence argue with their employers. You see, let me tell you this. Before you can start giving ideas in the marketplace, uh, you must have proven that you can receive instructions. Nobody cares about what you have to say until they can, uh, they, they are so sure that the words we have told you have even carried it out. And they know that if we give you an instruction or if you give an idea, you will, you know, take responsibility for it. You know how many people know what Nigeria needs to do to be a first world nation? But they are not willing to take responsibility for it. <laughs> you need a blueprint. Many fail in the marketplace, lose good jobs, lose good clients. Why? Because they live their life to faith. Not F-A-I-T-H, but F-A-T-E. And faith is a cruel master. When you don't have a blueprint for your career, when you don't have a blueprint for your business, what is going to happen is that you keep living life by trial and error. You keep living life by chance. You see, don't let life happen to you, happen to life. Many people, when they look at their life, the only things happening in their lives are the things that life is doing to them. <laughs> That's why I say, we don't even understand, you know, this economy, you know, this. It's a fact that more people spend time preparing for parties, preparing for weddings, birthdays, trips, vacations, than they do planning their lives. You see, the average person maybe wants to go on vacation. In three months' time, they're already checking the hotels. Looking at the places they want to go. 
taking screenshots of desired destinations, but no screenshots of where they want to end up in life. You see people planning for their wedding. Months ahead, they know the color of the tuxedo. In fact, the color of the drape, the table cover. The color of the flower. They know everything. But when it comes to their life, they are clueless. And people are wondering, why am I losing my job? Why am I losing my career? Because the people who are, are behind, uh, at the helm of those organizations, they can sense it. That this person is, you see, the person that is working in alignment with a blueprint and the person that is working to survive, there is always a difference in their work ethic. The difference is always there. Because the person that has a blueprint, he knows that I have a goal. I'm driving towards something. There is a place I'm going to. So he's not distracted. He's not interested in office politics. He doesn't have time to, you know, be playing the office games. It is not just enough for you to have a blueprint for your life. You also need to have a blueprint for every season of your life. For instance, we are in the last quarter of this year. God has said to us that it is a season of better days. The question is, what is your own better day? What will it look like? What are you expecting in the last three months of this year? You must have it clearly stated. For surely there is an end and your expectation will not be cut off. I think that's Proverbs 23 and verse 18. The question is what are your expectations? Your expectation must never be confused with your wishes. Expectations are clearly written. You can see it. If they wake you up in the middle of the night, you are not confused about it. Even in your drowsy state, you are clear about where you are going. So you must have a blueprint. For every month, for every quarter, you must have a blueprint for every week. And you must have a blueprint for every day. Never step into a day without having a blueprint for that day. Never. How can you wake up in the morning and have no idea of what you want to do that day? Many people just wake up and go to work. Business as usual. That's why you keep having the usual experience everybody is having. You must wake up with a plan. Your plan for the week must have been sorted out latest by Sunday evening. This is the beginning of another work week. Before you go to work tomorrow, everything you want to do for the week must be outlined. What am I going to do on Monday? What am I going to do on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Who am I seeing? Who am I calling? How many calls do I need to make? How many calls? What do I need to tweak in my business? In our marketing campaign, what do we need to do differently? You see, if you don't have a plan, time will keep passing you by. And you will wake up one day and wonder, where has my life gone? But you see, when you have a blueprint, you see, and a blueprint is not something that is in your mind. Nobody goes to a construction site. With this age of technology, uh, blueprint is still not virtual. It is real. We can see it. Some things will never be virtual. Because they are according to the plans and purposes of God. Man is just trying to catch up. Even with those things. 
So nobody goes to a construction site and says, you know what? We want to build a skyscraper. Well, we, what, what do you think? We, it's not about what you think. It's about what does the blueprint say. The reason why many people make no mark in the marketplace is because they are living their life according to what do I think I should do today? I've never been clueless about any day because there is a goal for every season. There is a blueprint. So it is that blueprint that drives my action. I wake up and I'll be wondering, what, so, uh, what, what, do, I, what do I do now? So how do, what do we do today? Where do we go? <laughs> Anywhere I go is in alignment with what the blueprint for that season is saying. The reason why many of us go for events, from events to events to events to events, is because we are trying to overcome the boredom that is from within. The boredom that is generated through the lack of a blueprint. If you are constantly bored, it's because you have no clue about what you are supposed to be doing. And you need to sit down and sort that out. You see, nobody can do it for you. Nobody can do that for you. You must sit down with God, sit down with yourself. And let me tell you this, nobody is too young here to have a blueprint for their life. And nobody is too old. Nobody is too young. And nobody, see, Kentucky Fried Chicken start, was started by Colonel Sanders at the age of 65. You know, I just remembered a couple, you know, that I had the conversation, you know, with my mom a couple of weeks ago. So I was telling first day during the course of the week. I said, did you know, I don't want to go into full details because it's something that is governmentally um, sensitive. And so my mom was just having a conversation. He said, oh, that thing I told you about, I've been appointed, you know, as assistant director, you know, to something, you know, nationally. And I was just like... Madam, calm down. At what age? At our age, that's the age people are waiting for death. What else do I? I don't want anything. I'm living in my house. I'm driving a car. I've seen my children. Oh, she just die. Killing her so while I. So nobody is too old. Each time I see that woman and I see my dad, I'm always like, why are these guys still doing what they are doing? That is what has kept them alive. One of the things research has discovered is that people die faster when they retire. Because it is work. You see, the first thing God gave to man was work. If you stop working, you no longer have a reason for existing. That's why God made man. He says, why is workmanship created <laughs> for good works? The moment your work stops, you no longer, you see, you are taking up the space that those that should contribute to mankind the space, the breath that they should be using, you are taking it up. So you must have a blueprint. How to do that? We said that last week. You see, one of the things you must do is you must ensure that after crafting or creating a blueprint, you read it daily or you see it daily. You can't have a blueprint and forget where it is. <laughs> That's not a blueprint. That's a motivational exercise. Tell you, write your goals. What do you want to do? Where do you see yourself? <laughs> you must see it every day. You must read it every day. You are either reading it or you are seeing it. The third reason why people lose good jobs and clients in the marketplace is because the marketplace or their organization has outgrown their usefulness and relevance. Hmm. People lose good jobs 
or lose good clients. Why? Because the clients has outgrown their usefulness or their relevance. Now, why do people patronize you as a business person? Don't be deceived. It's because they find you useful. The day you stop being useful, the day you stop being relevant to their main objective, that's the day they'll kiss you goodbye. You see, the marketplace is not a sentimental place. We must all realize that. I think I've told us this before. You may be useful to God, but not be useful in the marketplace. Your usefulness and your value to God must never be confused to be the same as your value to men. <laughs> That's one thing a lot of believers have not gotten straight. Your value to God is not the same thing as your value in the marketplace. You are, valued, you are valuable to God. Your value is that he sent his only son to die for you. He was willing to let go of his son. Just for you. So there is no question, there is no doubt about your value to God. But in the marketplace is another ball game. The reason why you are given a job is because there is a perceived value. Your employer or organization thinks that you can add to that organization. The moment the perception, right, your delivery does not match up with the perception they had for you or of you. They are free to let you go. Free to let you go. And rightfully so. You see, if believers understand this, our approach to work will be different. It will be different. Believers need to understand that there is no rule, as it were, for Christians in the marketplace and another rule for believers in the market uh, for unbelievers in the marketplace. So you can't say, oh, because I'm a believer, then I should be lounging, you know, just, you know, take it easy. No, 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 no. As a believer, your work ethic should even be great. Before the end of this year, maybe someone should remind me. I'm going to be teaching maybe a two, three part series because I even want to end this series before December. Anyway, you know, on how to improve your work ethic. I see too many lazy people. Too many. And let me tell you, the strength and the energy you have right now, you will not have it 10, 20 years from now. You will not. Hmm. Remember King, um, King Saul in the scriptures? He lost his throne the moment he stopped being relevant to God's plan. So even God is not sentimental. You look at Elijah. God was trying to give him the next instruction for the next phase of his ministry. Elijah said, oh, I've been zealous of you, God. I'm the only one. At the point, God just said, you know what? No problem. Go and anoint Azahel. Anoint Jehu. And Elisha to take your place. And he went to, you went to annoy the person that replaced you. Because God was not, you know, was not fuzzy. It was clear that the reason why I'm telling you to go anoint Elisha is so that he can take your place. So if you stop being relevant to my plan, you see, that's why the Bible says that if you stop praising him, he will raise up stones. You can't hold God to ransom. You can't hold the marketplace to ransom. No, 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 no. Don't let anybody kid you. Look at someone like Samson. When Samson took his eyes off the ball, God took him out of the play. He was sent to deliver a nation. He was spending time with chicks. <laughs> deliver a nation. You see, one thing you must understand is this. There is no permanent state of usefulness. 
The fact that you were useful last year does not mean you'll be useful this year. <laughs> there is no permanent state of usefulness. That's why every one of us, you see, you must consistently look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, am I still useful to my boss? And you need to be honest. People don't ask themselves this question. Am I still useful? Am I still useful to my clients? Do they find me relevant to their life? If you have this understanding, you will keep working on yourself to ensure you stay relevant and useful. See, let me tell you this. Why do you think, you see, the average CEO in a normal multinational, you know, global organization is paid minimum 350 times more than the average employee. Why? (laughs) The departure of the average employee cannot have the impact a negative effect on the organization like the impact that will be created if the CEO decides to leave. So their usefulness is different. Their relevance is different. If a clerk decides to leave, they can easily get another clerk. If a driver decides to leave, they can easily get another driver. But if a CEO decides to leave, you can easily get a CEO. That's why a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people fight capitalism. Let me tell you this. Anywhere capitalism does not thrive, the country doesn't thrive economically. It never does. You see, God is a capitalist. Study your Bible. He's not a socialist. He says from him that does not have. He says take from him and give to the one that has. Why? Because the one that has, he has developed the capacity for management. The one that does not have, it's not because he can't multiply what he has. It's because he has refused to multiply what he has. So even God will only entrust unto you what he believes you are able to multiply and increase. So while you are praying and asking God for things in this season, ensure that what you are asking God for, you are developing the capacity to handle it. The question is, is it possible that your boss and clients are already outgrowing your usefulness and relevance, but you don't know it? There was a time that organizations could not function without typists. They were useful and relevant. They no longer are. Do you understand what I'm saying? There was a time in Lagos, if you don't have a car, you move around with a yellow cab. Are they still useful and relevant? So what makes you think that that business you are doing will still be relevant? In the next 10 years. In the, at least in the way you are doing it. For instance, the photography you are doing, the way you are doing it, is not the way they were doing it 20 years ago or 10 years ago. Studio now is not studio what it was 10 years ago. Studio of there is there, you stand. There will be a flower. You hold the flower. <laughs> now, it's more like background is like a green screen. When you see the original picture and the have ah, you'll be wondering what happened. They can snap you and put you in the midst of the Atlantic Ocean. Not different. Picture nowadays, photography is now more about storytelling. Videography years ago was just capturing the moment. Now it's like a movie. You must create a movie effect. Everybody wants to watch their event and it's as if they are the actors in their own life. 
They must understand. So it's not just about doing the same thing. Ah, people will always snap picture. Yes. <laughs> but they may not snap it the way they used to snap it. If it's not, they may not. They will not. Usefulness in the marketplace, let me tell you this, is determined by your current productivity and results generation, not your past contribution. I'm going to say that again, and you need to write it down. Usefulness in the marketplace is determined by your current productivity and results generation, not your past contribution. So that's why sometimes when certain individuals are fired or their clients decide not to do business with them again, they begin to recall the past after everything I've done for this organization. After you see, that is past contribution. We are talking about current productivity. Because if they keep you there, you will wreck the organization. So is it that you eventually leave after the organization has been wrecked or they leave you? So you can't focus on past. Oh, thank God. You see, a lot of people dwell too much on the past. Ah, you know, ah, we were the ones that... Ah, we, 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 no, 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 no. Thank God for what you did in the past. They will recognize you for it. But to stay relevant, are you still contributing to the goals of the organization? It's about current productivity and results generation. That's why I said you need clarity. That's the first thing that you need. If you're going to keep your job and your client, you must be clear. You see, let me tell you this. You might even be hired at a particular... Maybe, for some of us that you've been in an organization, maybe for a couple of years, don't be deluded into thinking the reason they hired you is what they are still expecting of you or from you. You must. That's why I told us that you can't be in an organization and not have a relationship with your boss. You can't. They hired you then when the organization was still making maybe a hundred thousand per month, or maybe five hundred thousand per month, or maybe a million thousand per month. Now the organization is making hundred million. Their objective has changed. As a matter of fact, the organization itself has changed. In fact, the CEO himself has changed. It has. So to keep still, to still keep relating with your boy, ah, when you used to sit down and drink Gary, that was then story. A storyteller. Because he's not the same person. His objectives are no longer the same. And that's a problem a lot of people, you know, when... They... I'll talk about that some other time. Praise the Lord. The next thing you need to understand about usefulness is this. And this is a bitter pill to swallow, but listen to me. Your paycheck is a reflection of your perceived usefulness and value. Never forget that. Your paycheck. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Your paycheck is a reflection of your perceived usefulness. See, you may say, never. I'm worth more than that. Prove it. Don't tell us. Prove it. Let me tell you this. There is no organization that has an employee that they know that, ah, without this person, we are not going to be where we are. That wants to lose that kind of person. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if you believe your worth is more than that, don't tell us, prove it. Don't tell us, prove it. Prove it. Joseph was worth more than a slave. He was worth more than a prisoner. But he was not just confessing it. I'm worth more than this. I know who I am. I'm a world leader. No. What did he do? He proved his worth. Everywhere he was, he kept proving I deserve more than this. When he got there as a slave, they made him the slave master of all the slaves because he proved his worth over time. 
When he got into the prison, he proved himself that I'm more than a prisoner. I'm not supposed to be here. They put him in charge of the prison. The day he came before Pharaoh, he made Pharaoh realize I'm more than an ex-convict. That may be the label that brought me to your presence, but I worth more than that to you. I'm not just even a dream interpreter. I can manage your nation. So what we perceive your value to be is what you are being currently paid. If you know you are worth more than that, prove it. Don't tell it. Number four. People lose good jobs and clients because they stop growing. Because they stop growing. <laughs> because they stop growing. Luke 2 and verse 40. The Bible says, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. But he grew. Which child is the Bible talking about here? Jesus. Jesus. He grew. It grew. The question is, are you growing? How do you grow as a child? By feeding. By eating. Not by praying. Have you seen parents lay hands on their child before and say, grow, grow, raha, maha, grow, 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 grow. <laughs> no. They keep feeding the child. And the child grows by default. You see, knowledge is the food for the soul. If you are going to grow in your career and business, you must become insightful. You must become one of the most knowledgeable people in your field and in your industry. As a matter of fact, I came across something a couple of years ago and it has been, you know, for me, I've not, you know, at the time, I, I, I've not been religious about it too, but it's something I'm trying to pick up again. And one of the things, you know, that you know, particular consultant said is, if you want to be part of the top 10% of your field of your industry in the next 10 years. He said, invest minimum of one hour every day reading about your industry. Minimum every day without fail. Whether it is a Sunday, whether it's a public holiday, whether it's your grandma's burial, whether it's your daughter's wedding, you must read minimum every day one hour about your industry. You're either reading books, reading research papers, but you must be learning something new for at least one hour. A couple of days ago, I was having a conversation, you know, with my pastor, you know, and I was telling him about my growth plan. I'll talk more about that next week, Sunday, you know, for this season. And he said, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> he said, I'm also currently taking a course. I said, wow. <laughs> currently taking a course. I spoke with another mentor, you know, and I was, I was telling Frosty yesterday, I said, there is something that one of our mentors, you know, that I'm doing, that she's also a part of, and I did not know. So this is why these people have remained relevant and stayed relevant over the years. They keep growing. Not that they've said, oh, what do I need? We don't, uh, what else? Hmm. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for the seed of your word that has been sown in our hearts.